0: Assalamu alaikum. Peace and serenity to all of you. This is Noha Shukairy, and this is Munira Isadin, and you
1: are listening to Family Connection streaming live at One Legacy Radio. And today we are at five p.m. our new time slot. And thanks for. Listening in today with in. us. Yeah. Yes, we're so um, excited about yeah. the new time slot. And yes. we have a great show for you today. We are talking about pornography and the effects on Muslim marriages. And this is a huge topic because pornography definitely is an epidemic in um, the general community as well as in our Muslim community. And it is having a major ramifications on Muslim marriages. And with us today, we have Ziad Ramadan to talk about this. Um, Ziad describes himself as a Muslim husband, stepdad, founder of Emancipate, advocate for the return of authentic men safe families and intimate relationships and a business coach he has worked one-on-one with muslim men struggling with porn addictions and through emancipate hopes to extend his abilities to help other brothers out there become free from pornography welcome to the show
0: we're really excited to have
1: you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm back again after uh, the boiling point with the, oh. the brothers. So here I think, inshallah, we're going to have a more intellectual conversation.
0: Okay, interesting. <laughs> I think we should have heard that, Munira, yeah. before we went on the show. Okay, yeah. khair Anyway. So, Ziad, let's start with
1: what triggered your interest um, in this subject. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Mancipate, too, and what that is for some of our listeners who don't know.
2: Yeah. For the past uh, few years, I've been working as a life coach uh, and got sort. Certified um, in, in neurolingual programming a few years back, and I worked with people on, on all kinds of goals, from business goals to personal fitness goals, and um, it all changed uh, with one particular client. And uh, he asked, he had emailed me and asked me, you know, I'm struggling with a particular problem. He didn't see what it was, of course, and you know, I keep on going, going back to it, and um, I'm trying to change it. So I. I I guessed my hunch it was pornography and I asked him from there mm-hmm. you know is it pornography he mm-hmm. said yeah and
0: uh, why, why, how how did you guess that I mean
2: <laughs> you know he talked about just you know um, I'm trying to stop it and uh-huh. I keep on going back to it again and again and again mm-hmm. and okay.
1: uh, so you knew it was an addiction and it you was just an had addiction. to kind of figure out which one yeah. it was mm-hmm.
2: okay. so mm-hmm. you know one thing led to another and I, a couple years back uh, Muslim artic- Muslim Matters uh, ran an article about pornography in the Ummah I'm sure you guys have, have read about it in the, the very sad uh, accounts of of Muslim men, single and married, about the the consequences of pornography that that's had in their life. So one thing led to another, and more people came to me I've, uh, that uh, worked with uh, that I've worked with that have also struggled with pornography that mm-hmm. we found later on. Mm-hmm. So that led me to found, founding the, of Emancipate. You know, Emancipate is uh, my project. It's uh, work with Muslims and non-Muslims now with pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emancipate is uh, the word in English we know means freedom, mm-hmm. but I spell it with an I. You know, because you know you find ultimately freedom. Through submission to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, you know, freedom through faith.
0: Okay, so why the I? I, I didn't get that. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, good. I, I
2: tried to look for emancipate with an E dot com, but I didn't find it. So I was like, okay, I'll just go with the oh, with, I, with the I. An I. I it, <laughs>
1: worked. it worked. <laughs> so it worked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's start with what is the root of addiction to pornography?
2: Just for the sake of our listeners, we we don't have, uh, just keep it very simple in layman terms. You know, what is an addiction? Simply, an addiction is when somebody has an an, uh, an individual has a behavior with, you know, dire consequences and they're trying to stop, but they can't stop. So when we think of the word addiction, we, the first, you know, reaction may be alcohol addiction or, you know, smoking addiction or gambling addiction. But then, you know, when we think of pornography, you know, we tend to treat it a little bit differently. We think, you know, why can't they just fear Allah more? Why can't they just, you know, you know, people are perverts. Why can't they just lower their gaze or why can't they just, you know, be committed, you know, to a monogamous relationship? So it is actually, it is an addiction and, Um, The people I've worked with, you know, they're trying very hard to stop, but they can't stop. You know, just uh, uh, somebody in my recovery program, um, this past Ramadan, you know, as a result of his addiction, um, broke his fast during the middle of the day.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. That's severe because actually as you're talking, I'm thinking in terms of psychological definitions of addiction, it has to have an impact on daily life for it to be called an addiction. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure there is a spectrum. There's definitely a spectrum, yeah. So, at its
2: root, we can say that um, addiction um, is an addiction to pornography is somebody who uses pornography for life management. It's the glue that holds their life together. You know, their Mm. emotional balance. You know, Mm. they feel upset, they feel uh, anxious, they feel Mm -hmm. um, low self esteem, Mm -hmm. um, they can't handle emotions, they feel they can't handle life in general so unless por- they're
0: engaged and yeah, that happens
2: they are not they're not living and they're not you know they're, they're in mm. no man's land you can say mm. so uh, mm. they turn to pornography to um, relieve of everything and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us you know that some people and and there are some people that take gods besides Allah and they make they love them in ways that that only Allah deserves to be loved and worshipped. So mm. we all have our addictions in one way or another, but some some of them have more dire consequences than, than other ones.
0: Right, and we want to clarify here that we're talking about pornography in general, also we're, not we're, only the addiction. We're talking about right. pornog.
2: Uh, when we talk about pornography addiction, the, the two behaviors that that are generally go hand in hand are masturbation and mm-hmm. the viewing of pornography. Mm-hmm. So, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't have to be that severe as the, you were describing it as an addiction for, I mean, in our discussion.
2: Yeah. Right for, for the sake of our discussion, yeah. we, I mean, there's a difference between a user, somebody who just watches pornography. But when we talk about an addict, it's somebody who has a desire to stop, right. but they can't stop.
0: Right. And it's impacting their life. Yeah. That's, okay. So today we're talking about pornography,
1: addiction, and the Mus- um, Muslim marriages, the impact it has on Muslim marriages with Ziyad Ramadan. And if you do have a question or a comment, please um, do a shout out in the chat box or give us a call at
0: 1-800-955-5548. So we have a comment in the, sh- in the shout box from Zainab from uh, Guy-
2: Guy- Guy- Guyana.
0: Guyana, Guyana. Guyana, thank you. And she's saying it is hot in Guyana.
2: It's hot everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
0: So,
1: you know, we sometimes I think there's some people who kind of are blind to or close their eyes to pornography in the Muslim community. How prevalent is this in the Muslim community?
2: I don't have, you know, I can't say, you know, one out of every two Muslim marriages is affected by pornography. But I, I could tell you just based on the society's numbers, we can, you know, more or less guess, you know, how much is it affected? How much is it affecting Muslims? I know just uh, I was looking at some data and some numbers, um, uh, a website that uh, deals with just tracking user um, behavior online. Mm-hmm. They found that eight uh, men between the ages of 18-34, um, 70% of them have access to porno- pornography website at least once in the past month. 70% of men. Mm-hmm.
0: Once in the last month. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So the, we're just talking about users here. And, of mm-hmm. course, that's a spectrum. And so we can, you know… We can infer mm-hmm. that maybe one out of four, one out of three uh, men are addicted to pornography. We're talking on a societal level, right. and of course, with you know Muslims, with you know sex in general being a taboo topic, you know, and mm-hmm. you know children at a young age not having parents that they can um, have an open communication with and learn about sex in the way that Allah's path and He designed it. It leaves them no choice. You know, it's either you have sex ed or yeah. you go to pornography, which you know, for an 11-year-old can be you know it's disastrous it's disastrous right, really, yeah. and one thing leads to another and you know mm-hmm. they, they first they're viewing it and then mm-hmm. it becomes an emo- emotional uh it's something they emotionally depend on and mm-hmm. uh, becomes a habit
0: right so you you feel from your own observations that it is prevalent in, uh, uh, in the muslim community within Sorry.
2: the muslim like, i mean on yeah. my on my on own my my, my project i have yeah. several thousand um 4,000 Muslims that that are on my mailing list and about 30% of them was, are married and 70% yeah. of them are single.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and they are involved in this project specifically because they are impacted by this problem or just out of, you know, I, education? I, I, can't, I can't
2: say how much of them yeah. are actually, you know, um, affected d- directly right. by pornography but see, I'm just based on the numbers I see several, you know, yeah. the majority yeah. of them are probably affected by right. Um, pornography. Right,
3: right.
1: Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, this is why we're bringing this topic up because pornography use before marriage has a huge impact in a marriage um, and Absolutely. when i was even researching this it's it talks about how pornography it changes kind of your um brain, brain yeah, neutral, neurons neutral. right mm-hmm. so that you know what we believe about sexuality what we believe sex is in a relationship is um how you know we're going to behave in a relationship can be completely altered mm-hmm. by you know viewing pornography at a young age.
2: Yeah, the arousal template completely change mm-hmm. changes, and you know if people have said that you know pornography is actually more addictive and more potent than crack cocaine mm-hmm. in its effects because it's easily accessible and available. You know, when somebody wants to give up cigarettes, they generally they tend to leave the smoking crowd, and they all they have to do is you know stop buying cigarettes. Mm-hmm. With pornography, mm-hmm. you know you. It's directly at your fingertips, and you're generally doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very it's very very uh, difficult to break free without the support of other people.
0: Mm-hmm. So so how about let's talk about the point you raised, Amin Munira. How mm-hmm. is the early use or early uh, habituation of prono- prono- pornography affect the marriage? How and does this, it? Yeah, the sexual uh, you know interaction between uh, spouses in marriage.
2: Well, first. Uh, um, for somebody who's addicted to pornography just mm-hmm. the psych- psychological point of view they tend to not open up about problems in their life they um from a young age you know they were conditioned by their parents their family structure um to tend to um hold things in and not talk about problems hmm. not to uh, Interesting. Ter- mm-hmm. so uh th- they tend to be perfectionists they uh they're perfect on the outside but you know they have problems on the inside not really talk about it and that's that's where we get the whole you know put your head under the rug um, syndrome. Mm. So within the marriage it, itself, there are problems. Um, the, the wife knows that there's something going on when, when, when in relation to pornography. She knows that there's something going on, but she doesn't have a finger on it. She she senses it. She feels it, but you know she she doesn't have any concrete evidence yet, unless she catches her husband mm-hmm. to or she sees some sort of evidence there to see that there is a problem.
1: Does she sense it because? Um, he's distant, or I mean, and I'm assuming he, but I mean, I'm sure it happens with women and men. But yeah. the, does somebody sense that the bond between the couple is a little off or not there? And so,
2: I mean, women women just by their instinct know if there's right. <laughs> anything that's off in general, it doesn't okay. have to be something major. But okay. I mean, I've had a client who told me that um, two, two Ramadans ago, his wife had a dream that he was masturbating to pornography, mm-hmm. and she had no idea that he had a problem. Just subconsciously, she felt that something was going on, and he didn't tell her anything. But you could see that, you know, on a subconscious level, even the wife feels that something's going on. When, when the husband and wife are, are having you know, intercourse, she's going to, afterwards, she's not going to feel that it was a loving experience. She's going to feel that she was used, she was abandoned, and that was about him. It wasn't really, it wasn't a nurturing experience. It wasn't a, an experience where it brought them closer together. It, mm-hmm. was, it was about him, it was about his selfish needs, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really about the both of them.
0: You, you, you really think that's true in all of them? the uh, cases. I mean, I have a feeling that there are some men who actually infrequently use pornography. So, I mean, they're not going to be uh, just uh, using the woman. I mean, it's not going to be. I mean, they may have that loving relationship, but they are uh, pushed into pornography because maybe, I mean, um, they're not having enough sexual intercourse. Uh, he, his needs and his desires are higher than hers.
2: And, and, it's, mean, not, and, and it's not really about the, the needs or desires. I mean, Allah created both men and women to have that natural desire. Mm-hmm desire mm-hmm. but you know for for somebody who's an addict it's never enough
3: it's yeah.
2: never enough You're right. so you mm-hmm. know you have we have one case where when they are being intimate that he's not present in experience and on the other side he's not really um paying heed to his wife at all it's, it's as if she's it's, you know they become a roommates in experience there's not a mm. you know an intimate um husband and wife really right. intimate connection
0: so that's in the case that it's an addiction. I mean, I'm yeah. talking in terms of like if it's not an addiction, but it's something that is, you know, being so, somebody, engaged in infrequently. Some, so.
2: Somebody who acts, of course, is going to affect how you're not going to be satisfied with your wife. Of course, yeah. you know, pornography, um, mm-hmm. there's so much video editing. The the women come from, you know, the, they, they make them do, um, it's, it's not realistic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, and the thing is, even though men may say that it's, uh, I know it just, you know, it's being acted out, but the 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 way the mind perceives it it perceives it to be very real
3: yes and Mm -hmm.
2: you know if that becomes what you're conditioning in your nervous Mm -hmm. system again and again and again. That's what you. Um, that's how you become aroused. So your arousal template changes completely.
0: Yes, right. and I think that's the point that we would like to point out today. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the ma- one of the major impacts on the marriage because the husband then is not really feeling uh, the need to actually be intimate with his wife. Right. She's not satisfying him anymore. And again, I think we're stereotyping because we're it's talking right. we about husband. In, it's and it's not. not right?
2: it, and it's not only he's satisfying. Um, it's not. She's not satisfying him, but he's not satisfying her Absolutely. either. Absolutely. There's no. There's there's no mm-hmm. foreplay involved in the relationship. There's no, you know, emotional connection at all. It's about his needs. It's about what he wants. And it's, it's a very selfish, narcissistic, you know, addic- addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was doing some research, it, um, they were saying that pornography consumption is associated with six trends. Um, and the six things were increased marital distress and risk of separation and divorce. Um, decreased marital intimacy and sexual satisfaction, infidelity, um, increased appetite for more graphic types of pornography and sexual activity you know, mm-hmm. with everything that they see, devaluation of monogamy, marriage, and child rearing, mm-hmm. and an increasing number of people struggling with compulsive um, and addictive sexual behavior. And so what ends up happening is if you – View pornography. Mm-hmm. Your, like I said before, your views change. So you buy into the idea that your spouse is always going to want to have sex. You buy into the idea that you're going to try lots of different unusual sexual things, mm-hmm. and um, and it erodes your attraction to that spouse. And, and the, the,
2: the, the what the the relationship is founded on, you know, the the man feels entitled. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't feel that he it's not a you know give and take. You know, it's it's, it's take 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 take. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, even the men in recovery I've worked with. You know they still you know psychologically speaking they feel entitled now i'm i'm committed to recovery, so my wife even owes me uh, a lot more hmm.
3: like,
2: i'm Interesting. In, i'm entitled now i i she
0: should be more available is that what they're well, saying or what? I,
2: I i deserve you know if if the wife is if the wife is upset with his behavior you know he's he 's upset you know how come you 're not trusting me you know i'm I'm committed to the recovery process uh mm-hmm. and he feels he's you know he 's not being considered for his wife you know the wife has been working all day. And uh, she's with the kids and he feels entitled now that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still the very the even though the behavior may be gone, but Mm -hmm. still the the mindset, the personality still very, very, very much ingrained.
0: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a question in the um, shout box. They're saying uh, this is Islam is. Is it in you yeah, do women watch too, and what is the ratio? Do you have an idea i've
2: i 've gotten emails from uh, sisters um, mm-hmm. Muslim sisters that uh, have uh, said that i 'm suffering from pornography addiction um, i I tend to work only with men but mm-hmm. i 've gotten emails from sisters that have found out about emancipate and they, they talk about you know suffering with, with pornography addiction and they i mean they could you could guess the what their experience is you know from you know molestation at a young age um, from I, I mean, I don't want to stereotype here, but uh, um, yes, women are uh, also uh, accessing pornography. And uh, mm-hmm. from the statistics, I've seen um, about 30 percent of sexual addicts are women.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is there was a site that I was looking at today and saying one in three visitors to pornographic websites are women. Yeah, So I mean, it's not only men, but the ratio of men to women is higher, Yeah. And then it was interesting that I was reading somewhere that researchers have found when they were assessing affairs and, and honestly, I think of pornography as an affair with a computer, basically. Right. Absolutely. It, it's like, you know, this is my my, you know, uh, affair partner. Right. So there um, men tend to go into affairs because of uh, the need for sexual gratification. And women tend to go into affairs for the need for emotional and romance. Uh, Those are, you know, their main um, drivers. So it makes sense that, I mean, the ratio of men to women would be higher in pornography because the Uh, sexual drive is higher.
2: I I still argue, though, that it's not really Mm -hmm. about sexual drive. I hammer in again and again Mm -hmm. and again. It's not about the nudity. It's not about the woman looking more, quote unquote, attractive. It has Mm -hmm. really nothing to do with sex at all. And what it comes down to for a man is his inability to bond, his inability to be present. And that's what I talk about, the, the, the return of authentic men. You know, mm-hmm. we have this uh, this concept of a man being, you know, strong and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he, he can't uh, – um, the man has to be perfect. So it's, it's uh, the loss of this, uh, I guess, uh, of uh, the man being vulnerable, learning mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. And that comes from, you know uh, – from men modeling it, from their parents seeing uh, family members not sharing and, and talking mm-hmm. about problems, so they're not they're not vulnerable, and that's why they're turning to uh, pornography. Mm. It's, it's a it's a safe place from a young age, where they can open up and they can explore things, they can handle emotions that they can't that they're afraid to talk to with other people. So mm-hmm. it's not really about I, I would say yes, it's about the sexual drive, but it's not really about the sexual drive at the same time.
0: Mm. I don't know. I, I think I tend to disagree not I mean completely with you but I mean in in relation to maybe a segment of the population who is actually using it. Um, okay, so we're uh, coming to a time of break. I mean, we are talking about uh, pornography with the Ramadan and we are going to take a very short break. We'll be back.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Family Connection, streaming live at One Legacy Radio. And today we are talking about pornography addiction and its impact on Muslim marriages. And with us, we have Ziad Ramadan. And before the break, we were talking about um, the prevalence of it in our community. What, what, does, what is the root of the addiction? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we want to ask you kind of what are the signs that a spouse is addicted to pornography?
2: Number one sign, I'd say that the most obvious sign is the spouse finding like a trace of pornography on the, on the computer or uh, whether it's a m- magazine's less prevalent now, but it's it's uh, finding pornography on the computer. And uh, what tends to happen is that the wife will have doubts. You know, she she loves her husband so much. She respects him so much. So she thinks she's try- she blows it off and she's like, this can't be my husband. He can never do this. And, you know, and if she does confront him, of course, the husband doesn't want to get caught and he doesn't want to. Uh, you know admit admit it and cause you know further mm. problems i mean it's his his psychologically he hides he hides things all the time mm. so that's the number one thing you know if, if a woman catches you know if she finds something in a computer if she finds it there it's not just you know that you know he found it by accident he clicked on spam whatever, whatever mm. the excuses that that men tend to make mm-hmm. there's a sign that he, he uses and he may be addicted as well mm. that's mm-hmm. the most obvious sign um other signs maybe you know unaccounted time you know, you know he's she's going to bed early, he comes in with, with you know he goes to bed later than her all the time mm-hmm. he comes with excuses that you know I have to work um, and he's waiting you know I've had people tell me that they they wait until they're you know everybody's asleep so they can mm-hmm. um they can partake in the, the behaviors so unaccounted time, unaccounted money you know where does the money go um are there um, expenses you know from uh from resources that you don't know where they're coming from, um, so mainly uh, lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. I would say that's uh, the second thing. Okay.
0: And uh, how about uh, do they become uh, less intimate? Does it impact the frequency and yeah. the rate? Like
2: I, I mentioned earlier, that uh, mm-hmm. that the that sister um, had that dream of her husband mm-hmm. um, masturbating to pornography. So so the wife. When she feels there's something wrong in the relationship, she's going to sense it, even though it's not being talked about. So, affect that, that's going to affect the, the trust level, even on a subconscious level. The husband, psychologically speaking, is afraid that he's going to get caught. He's afraid that, you know, so you, you see that, you know, he's so afraid that he's going to get caught and he walks himself into it. Hmm. And uh, the wife, at the same time, she feels something's wrong. She doesn't know what it is yet. Hmm. So, there is that, you know, there's lack of intimacy for sure. They're not talking about what's really going on in the relationship.
0: Right. So we had a comment if the host disagrees with Brother Zia's explanation of the basis of porn addiction, what is her explanation? So I'm mainly talking not about the people who are addicted. I'm mainly coming from the perspective of people who use it infrequently. If they get used to it. Um, early on, as young uh, teenagers, then as you were saying earlier, uh, Ziad, uh, their arousal template changes. So then, let's assume they get married. In the beginning, we have the honeymoon period, uh, and then so there is a lot of passion and yeah. it's intense, and so they uh, they're satisfied both of them with their um, intimacy and sex. But um, as the honeymoon period, uh, you know, is over, then uh, passion dwindles and, uh, you know, and it fades. And then the man feels oh, or whoever is into pornography, it, it could be the man. Or well, the so, wife. we'll assume it's a man. <laughs> and not, yeah. Not, not, yeah. So they feel that, you know, they're not being aroused by their wife anymore. So then they tend to go back and use it.
2: Well, you have to remember that for an addict as well. They're looking again for excitement. Yeah. They tend to look for excitement, you know, ways to sh- sort of push the edge a bit. And, of course, in the honeymoon stage of a marriage, there's a lot of passion. There's the novelty of the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, leading to the, the next question about, you know, um, that what are the kinds of uh, uh, pornography that people access? Mm-hmm. Ah, and uh,
0: types. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: there are, of course, varying levels. And with any addiction, there's a, the desensi- desensitization process, mm-hmm. you know, where somebody starts out, you know, for example, you have somebody starts out with a cigarette and, you know, um, it goes to marijuana. And people say, oh, you're, you're you know, that's like the we were trying to scare people. But it, that's really what does happen. The arousal template does change. Mm-hmm. Um, some, what, what starts out with curiosity and intrigue with images turns to videos, you know, from softcore core pornography turns to hardcore pornography and more violent, more um, Shameful. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's all shameful, but it's it's more violent and really the the abusive nature of of, of uh, prostitution, pornography. That's where it really kicks in, right? And uh,
0: that's actually at the root of the word. It was interesting to know that the root of this word is um, from Greek, and it means uh, the, the, the writing pro, about prostitutes.
2: Yeah, por, yeah. Uh, porn means prostitution, and, and graphy is a viewing of prostitution. Or, or, so, yeah, yeah, so more mm-hmm. or less it means a viewing of prostitution. Mm-hmm. And men say, "Oh, I'm, it's just you know, it's, not, it's something harmless. I could close it off. It's not you." Can't can equate it to prostitution, mm-hmm. but it is a, it is prostitution, and mm-hmm. and these women are getting paid for what they're doing, and they're coming from battered backgrounds. But that's a different interview, <laughs> Right,
0: right. So it, it, I think it would be a good point to say now that uh, there are three different, maybe main, uh, uh, pornography types, which is videos and magazines and internet. I was really intrigued to find out that uh, videos come first in in the U.S. sales. I mean, uh, in in the U.S. and then uh, internet. Pornography and then uh, magazines were the least popular. Um, of course, before the advent of this technology, magazines was was all the uh, right. Um, yeah. And I think that's what
1: has changed. Why pornography, I think, is even yes. more prevalent now than you know yeah. maybe twenty years ago, because I think it was one of those things that was hidden, and you had to get a magazine, and you had to go buy that, and you had to, you know you that had kind to of get stuff. out
2: of your, your your comfort zone and go right. to the to the book adult bookstore adult right. shop. Right. But now you have you know kids doing their homework. And you know, the computer, right. and they by accident click on a link and it, it redirects them to a pornographic website. you know, you know these porn porn companies buy these you know, expiring domains and then they re- redirect them back to their websites. And mm. they have to find ways to get new new you know, new customers and that's right. you know, it's it's right. a shameful industry. And, and that's right.
1: what um, one research study I had read said that um, the majority of internet users of pornography mm-hmm. were married. Yep. Inter- so, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Really. That's what. That's wow, what this uh, that's scary. Journal of Family Issues. Yeah, said that. So I mean, it becomes this internet thing, like you said. It's this private space that people, and becomes yeah. secretive and easily accessible. Yeah.
2: And you don't need to even have a, a, a desktop computer anymore. People have iPhones now. You know, and you know, yes, it's, it's right. getting more and more easy. Accessible. you know, Accessible. Accessible. Yeah. Very
1: scary. Yeah.
0: So, so we have a Yeah, we have um, a
1: question in the chat box. Um Islam, is it in you ask, uh, you should address the Islamic mm-hmm. opinion of this since the Islam- since we're an Islamic radio station. Mm-hmm. Sure. What is the Islamic view on pornography?
2: Well, here's what happens uh, when somebody uh, relapses back to pornography, their number one reaction is to feel shame and, and that's with any uh, behavior. They feel the, the toxic shame. It's not the health, healthy shame that that actually leads them back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They think I call it the Band-Aid Toba, right? It's Band-Aid
0: it's, Toba. Yeah,
2: it, it, what it is is they're trying to minimize the consequences. They're trying to feel uh, better about the situation, and it's, they're still caught up in a cycle. So, mm-hmm. after they minimize the consequences, they they tend to dissociate from the experience, and they feel okay. They, you know, this isn't part of me anymore. And then the, the the arrogance leads them back again to. Um, looking for novelty, looking for excitement, and they fall back into uh, relapse again. But the Islamic point of view, of course, if we know you know it doesn't you don't need Islam to know this. It's it's uh, it's it's not it's not healthy or conducive for them for a marriage. But it's also Allah tells us that we need to lower our gaze. That's mm-hmm. I mean that's the obvious part, but it's not really just about lowering the gaze. You know, it's, when it becomes an addiction, um, there's many other factors like we talked about already that kick in. But for the addict, when he relapses back, um, what he tends to do is he goes online, he goes to the fetwa websites, hmm. and they they say, you know, um, I I watch pornography. Uh, how do I make tawbah or some, something like okay. that? So what we need as Muslims, one of the things we need to uh, address is how are the fetwa websites. Um, addressing the, the issue of pornography. And from what I've seen, it's, it's that most of the answers are, you know, you need to make Tawbah, you need to resolve that, you know, that you'll never go back to this again. Mm-hmm. And you knowing from an addict, they always resolve, the, they always make those promises, of never again, never again. So Tawbah, you know, ironically speaking, uh, when a person thinks that they're making Tawbah, ironically speaking, that can lead them back to, to the very same relapse itself. Mm-hmm. Because
1: it's so, not an actual doing of something different.
2: They're not. they repeating this. You know, one thing that I read is uh, there's first order change and second order change. And the first order change is you're trying to change the behavior. And a second order change, you're trying to change, you know, your belief system, your yourself internally. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the more things change, the more they, they, they remain the same. You know, you have women in battered relationships. They, they think that the problem is they're marrying the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. So they keep on changing their relationship, but they keep on ending in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with a person in an addiction. They keep on thinking, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try different techniques and ways to stop the behavior. But it always sends, leads them back to relapse again to, to the very, um, very same place they ended up. So
0: you're hoping that these fatwa sites will actually direct people to actually seek some professional help. Yeah. Is that where you are? Where, where, I'm, where I'm at, yeah. I think,
2: you know, it, it's it's wise that the, the fatwa websites whether they link to what, what I'm doing at Emancipate or mm-hmm. they're linking to a network of Muslim mm-hmm. professionals, mm-hmm. I think it needs to be addressed from also not just from a moral point of view, but from a mental health, mm-hmm. mental illness point of view.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so you know for listeners out there who are struggling with this let's talk about how they can overcome pornography addiction besides the tawbah part which we know as Muslims yeah. you know we need to do and, and, what can they actually do
2: and something about tawbah we know from the from the story of the man who killed 99 people we know that the, the scholar who gave him advice he, he gave him and said okay for you to commit for you to make tawbah you have to leave your land he gave right. him something specific something tangible that he had to do to change his environment mm-hmm. For for somebody who wants to make tawbah, there are you know there are also physical means aside from the spirit, spiritual means that one has to take to overcome addiction. And one thing that I always tell my my clients is to remember the acronym Iqra. Hmm. As Muslims, we we know that the word ikra was the first word that was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, and the, the Prophet ﷺ accomplished many feats and he was an unlettered man he you know he did not know how to read or write but the 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 word ikra that first revelation holds you know significance for us as muslims because we know that by the power of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we can accomplish things you know with his aid and ikra stands for i quit recovering alone
0: i hmm. quit recovering,
2: recovering alone, alone. Hmm. Hmm. and uh if you open any book about sexual addiction, you look at page one. Hmm. They're all going to say that this can't be solved by, by yourself. You can't solve this one alone. You need to you, know, you need to get mental. Uh, you need to work with professionals, whether it's counselors, whether it's you know people my, like myself, whether it's uh, coaches, whether it's uh, therapists. And at the same time, you need to get into a group of other people. That are you know like a, a support group, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Patrick Carnes, who was like the father of uh, sexual addiction recovery, talked about that something happens when um, a person gets into a group of other addicts. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on a the per, the persons we talked about the brain um, being affected from the addiction, and the brain is not going to change and it's not going to reverse effects of, of addiction until the person feels safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And safe. Uh, you know, he he brought up the a quote of uh, Amnesty International talking about uh, torture victims, and he tried to um, work with uh, work, try to have them work with therapists, but they didn't uh, agree to the therapy, and they didn't see any progress or change until they got them into a room of other torture victims, and there was that mutual suffering, there was that sense of safety again established at a mental level, emotional level, physiological level, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened with the guys that I'm working with. They feel for the first time that they that they can be, you know, full human beings, that, that it's okay for them to fall back down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all fat, fall back down, but mm-hmm. we need to seek the help of other people, mm-hmm. and the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the help of other people to get back on our feet again. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Being authentic, so, like you said, before. Be, becoming authentic like, and becoming vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, so, what do you do with them? Like, I mean, do you do face-to-face counseling? I mean, I mean, what?
2: My, my program is is uh, yeah. urge control dot com, and it's an online anonymous program. And subhanallah, ironically speaking, I thought that people would want to stay by you know nicknames or acronyms, whatever, throughout the program. But each and every one of them has chosen to to reveal their full identity, you know, throughout wow. the program. And there's something very powerful about that. Yeah. To have that space where mm-hmm. you feel safe as a man, where you mm-hmm. feel that you can you mm-hmm. can be uh, vulnerable for the first time, and, and you have other people there that are in the exact same shoes, and they're not going to judge you. They're not going to uh, think negatively of you. Mm-hmm. And they learn to let go of the the, the psychological ego defenses, you know that, that you know uh, uh, stops them or prevents them from getting the help that they mm-hmm. need.
1: Now, you know, if a couple is married and, you know, one spouse is engaging in pornography addiction, doesn't this also become a couple's issue, too? Oh, I mean, absolutely.
2: They- you know, the, the guys, I have a couple of guys that are uh, married in my program and their wife as well. You know, I've, ha- I've, I've talked with their wives on the call as well, and, and they, I had a back and forth with the wife and husband. What tends to happen is that in, when you have a, a spouse of an addict is that they get to, to be left behind. You know, you have this addict who has months of, uh, of addiction recovery. He's reading all these books and he has a support network. And, and then he finally, he comes out of isolation. He tells his wife mm-hmm. and his wife doesn't have, doesn't have anybody around her to
3: support the support
2: her. network. She mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about addiction. Mm-hmm. In the case of pornography, the wife feels that this is about me. I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not doing enough for my husband. And she takes it upon herself. And it, which leads actually to um, one of the patterns of, of, uh, of a, a, uh, an addiction on marriage okay. is that the wife becomes codependent in the, the addiction. Mm-hmm. And what that means is mm-hmm. that the wife assumes responsibility – for the addiction, she feels she feels that she's at fault for the addiction happening, mm-hmm. and at the same time, she feels that she's also responsible for the success of her husband. So mm-hmm. she'll do things like, you know, stay up late at night. You know, she, she to
0: watch over him. To
2: watch over him, exactly, mm-hmm. until until he falls asleep, mm-hmm. and then she'll you know she'll fall asleep. Mm-hmm. She'll she'll go through his computer to um, checking his uh, his browser history. She won't let him even use a computer without him being there. Mm-hmm. So she essentially she she doesn't give him the space as well to assume responsibility. For his own recovery.
0: And that's why the recovery alone in Iqra. It, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's yeah. like
0: that they, they, you want them to own that responsibility. I am the one responsible for my healing and my recovery.
2: And I, I, need, and I, and I need I need, other people. Help. Yeah. And for the wife, what I would advise for a wife, you know, I don't know how many. We could do a quick poll. How many of you today are actually um, are suffering with pornography or have pornography addiction in your marriage right now?
0: Well, I mean, I don't yeah. know if we're going to get the response <laughs> yeah. because, uh, yeah, I mean, the if first we can of all, find it's anonymously, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a very taboo subject, and uh, so I think that's a difficult question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> now,
2: no. do you, to ask. let
0: <laughs> me ask you another question: um, Have you seen couples where
1: both of them are due to pornography? Maybe they watch it together.
2: Ah, uh, I wouldn't it's say a that. Good
0: question, Munira. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I I haven't seen that, you know, for a wife. Uh, she'd have to be so, I guess, uh, desensitize herself to want to watch or to, to stomach that and watch that with her husband. Because mm-hmm.
1: um, what I've heard sometimes is that, let's say, the man is into pornography and he... Guilt trips her or somehow makes her feel like, well, yeah. you need to be doing this with me. So yes. you will hear couples who it's like she ne- didn't necessarily choose it, but then became a part of it and became addicted as well. What
2: them. what she what ends up happening, though, for a woman is that psychologically speaking, she, you know, uh, that that's a lot, how a lot of these women get into the industry anyways. They feel that, OK, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. Mm. Oh. You know, so uh, for a woman as well, if, if she submits to this and she succumbs and she, mm-hmm. she you know she agrees to watch this and she becomes a victim in this process mm. she, she she adopts the belief you know if I can't beat these women if I can't if they're going to be better than me sexually if, if I'm not good enough intrinsically then I might as well become like them mm. and that's
0: sad. Very sad. That's Really sad. Yeah, it, it, it entails a loss of sense of self. Mm-hmm. But I, I, can't understand. I mean, why women may do that.
2: And that's what yeah. happens. You look at the society. You look at, you know, yeah. I just I was at Target. and You look at the dolls that they have and how they yeah. for 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 our daughters that are you know six, seven, eight years old. What mm-hmm. they're suggesting to them, what it means to be wholesome as a as a as a young girl.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: It's, it's it's gone. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Right. So, how often does um, pornography addiction lead to divorce?
2: How, I I won't say I don't have any concrete numbers, but I'll, I'll tell you that I, I saw a statistic from the American uh, Matrimonial uh, Lawyer Association. They said that two thirds of the addiction, uh, sorry, two thirds of the divorces that they saw, I think it was in two thousand three, mm-hmm. were a direct consequence of pornography. Two
0: thirds. Two thirds.
2: Wow. Yeah, there was there was a about number. about five hundred cases that they dealt with, and mm-hmm. two thirds of them were were a result of pornography. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that could be one direction. I mean, as, as I tell my clients that pornography could be the best thing that ever happened to you. And we have in Islam that a sin could lead a person to paradise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's many accounts of couples saying that pornography addiction was the best thing that ever happened to them as a couple. Because what that led them to do is they forced them to deal with the situation, it forced them to face each other, forced them to communicate about things that um, they were never talking about in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they came in, in, through this struggle through this uh, th- this this hard test, they came Zion, together yeah. and it brought them closer together. Mm-hmm. But if, if, you know, if, of course it's very difficult for the couple, if they can make it past the stage and if the, the husband can get into recovery and he can work with a counselor and same thing with the wife, she can get a support group and they're in couples therapy, you know, couples counseling, it could be the best thing that ever happened to their relationship.
0: Yeah, and I remember the, I am, uh, um, which means basically if both of them are intending to find um uh, reconciliation, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will actually help both of them, so the intent has to be on both sides, like yeah. that sincere intention to and really in both
2: in both of them turning back yeah. to Allah al the one who restores yeah. the one who, who repairs right so i it can be the best thing that ever happened to you it can be the worst thing that ever happened to you it's it's ultimately your choice
0: right. And I think it's uh, time for us to take a a very short break and we will be right back. We have a question in the shout box. We're going to address it once we come back. Uh, We'll be back. Welcome back. You're listening to Family Connection, and today we are talking about pornography with Ziad Ramadan. And uh, just a very quick uh, run of statistics. The statistics are truly staggering, and this is from top10reviews.com. Uh, according to compiled numbers from respected news and research organizations, every second, $3,000 are being spent on pornography. And every second, 28,000 Internet users are viewing pornography. In that same second 372 internet users are typing adult search terms into search engines and every 39 minutes a new pornographic video is being created in the US
2: another another uh, statistic Irvine California is one of the top cities in the US for accessing, accessing pornography
0: Amazing, Irvine, Irvine. such yeah. a such a closed community, Very conservative scary. community on the outside, but there are so many yeah. things going on. I think what also um, really surprised me that it's a big business, that they say that the uh, industry has larger revenues than Microsoft, Google, Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Apple, and Netflix combined. Yeah. Huge. I mean, this is a huge thing we're trying to fight against. And that's
1: why we shouldn't be shocked that there are people addicted to this. We should really like be compassionate and open to helping people and addressing it as a community instead of closing our eyes to this problem that is happening. Um, In the chat box, we had a question from Maxima. She said, can you sense these things before marriage? Like, let's say you're engaged or interested in someone. Can you see through them that they have this issue?
2: There isn't. I can't say that there's, there's any particular question you can ask uh, for somebody at uh, at the time of uh, you know, your, your engagement period or you're, you're uh, talking to them for marriage. You can't really find out, you know, do they have an addiction to pornography or not. Um, one thing you can do is, um, I mean, if, of course, the person is going to be most probably living by himself in an apartment. So you can't really know what's he, what's he doing by himself. But, you know, wow. how well connected is he with other people? How, you know, how... Um, how vulnerable is he around other people? Um, can you know? I'm, Does I'm he sure, hide things? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, can he talk about his failures? Can he talk about his weaknesses comfortably? I mm-hmm. mean, that's not an indication that somebody has pornography addiction, but you could talk about just the the personality. And I'm sure, Sister Monira, as, as a premarital counselor, um, you you can probably add a little bit more about this.
1: Yeah, you know, but honestly, pornography is one of those hard things to identify before marriage. It's yes. not we it's obviously a taboo for us to talk about sex before marriage. And so it's not something that's going to be very prevalent. Maybe. I mean, I would I would always remind young couples, if you have an intuition about something, your gut is telling you something, you know, don't ignore that stuff. So if there's something maybe that's come up and you have an intuition that maybe, you know.
2: One, yeah, one thing that I wanted to add as well is is also the nature of how did you find this person you're interested in? Did you find him? Are you you defining him through chat? Are you chatting with him all the time right now? Like how did your relationship even develop if it's developed through chat? I mean I should give you a sign that okay he's he's violating this principle. So what's preventing him from violating other principles as well?
0: But I mean, let's be also understanding of the reality of the dynamics of interactions of young people out there. Most of them are chatting right now. So I mean, if, if I'm talking at a chat where, her, where it's, it's mean, not
2: just it's not just you know uh, quote unquote business or it's not it's not professional, but talking about somebody who's chatting you know hours on end with another individual, and they really develop that emotional um, uh, relationship before the. Before the marriage happens.
1: I mean, but, okay. All right, so it looks like we have a caller. Assalamu alaikum.
3: Alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Thank well, you for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Do you have a question for us?
3: Well, really, uh, just a comment. I wanted sure. to let you know that I am uh, one of uh, Brother Ziad's clients. Awesome. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, You have no no idea how awesome. I've got easily 20 some odd years of sexual addiction in all various manifestations. Uh I'm married, I have children. And when I came to him, Mm -hmm. it was not after at least uh, five years of really seriously trying to Knuckle down and get this thing under control. And, and if it wasn't for the tawfiq that uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has uh, has uh, blessed us with through brothers yet, uh, I would be I would be in some serious trouble. Um, mm-hmm. He he has a way, Mashallah, of making the making the religion relevant for mm-hmm. people that you know the addict in in a lot of ways has we, we've written ourselves off we've sort of damned ourselves before Judgment Day. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and when, you, when you have somebody like Brother Ziad who's able to sort of break through those negative... Um, uh, when you have somebody like Brother Ziad who's able to break through with, with, with the sense of compassion that he brings to us, mm-hmm. it's unbelievably healing. It's absolutely transformative. And since I've started working with him, I have had zero, zero episodes of acting out looking at pornography.
0: My gaze is
3: lowered on the street. I can drive to and from work without paying attention to anybody that's around me. My children notice the difference. My mm. wife noticed the difference. My mother told me what an amazing person she thinks I am. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Probably Alhamdulillah. The first time I've heard that probably you know well over twenty years. So, <laughs> I, think, I think you, you know
0: mm-hmm. I,
3: I just I, I really we're talking about this and we're being very academic about it but i think it's really really important to know that there's one human being out there and I, and i know that there there are others cuz i'm in the group with other folks there's right. one human being out there who absolutely feels that he has been redeemed
0: alhamdulillah and, you know
3: uh, yeah 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 no you don't i mean alhamdulillah wallahi that's i mean the the real the reality of alhamdulillah doesn't even begin to
0: describe it for to, you Mm. Yeah, to
3: manifest until Mm. you've been through what we've been through and you can sort of see the light all of a sudden. So alhamdulillah, that's my comment. Whatever we can do to support Brother Ziyad and the work that he's doing, let's continue to do. We we really,
0: really appreciate your call and your contribution. And I think what struck me from uh, the caller's comment is, that his acceptance of himself, mm-hmm. that's the number one, because yeah. once you can accept yourself and love yourself, then you can begin actually to, to, to do that process. Yeah. So he needed to be accepted by you, Ziad, in order to feel that he is worthy. Because as he was using the word "damned," which is such a strong word, mm-hmm. like he felt that, and, and a lot of addicted people feel damned. Like I mean, they are not worthy of anyone's love.
2: They, they they forget it's and just because of the the behavior, they feel as well that I mean, not just the behavior, but psychologically speaking, they feel that that they're not worthy enough, and yeah. ultimately they cannot be loved by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That they're not worthy of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And ironically speaking, I've heard you know some scholars say that. You know the bigger sin committed is not you know the you know masturbation you know or or whether it's smoking marijuana whatever it is the the bigger sin is actually the shirk involved when you believe that Allah cannot forgive a sin. Right,
0: you don't trust in Allah's yeah. mercy, and infinite you, mercy. You believe
2: that, yeah. you know, you've committed a sin so big that even Allah cannot even forgive that. And right. that's that's really the, the saddest part. And, and when when we when we give that person that hope again to to really mm-hmm. to feel that they are, you know, that we could call it the spirituality of imperfection. Mm-hmm. And that perfection only belongs to Allah subhanahu ta'ala and we are you know we, we are we're all going to fall down and yeah. that's all fine but we need to be able to to turn to others turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you know to to feel uh good again and to to get back on our feet again
0: right right, right. alhamdulillah yeah alhamdulillah.
1: i mean i think that's you know that's what the goal of what this show is about is to really address that this is an issue people are struggling with it and that you know they're not alone and sometimes just because we don't talk about things doesn't mean it's not happening um so you know as um as parents you know, are the parents out there, how do we, you know, essentially steer our children away from pornography? Um, I, You know, I saw one thing online that said the main defenses against pornography are a close family life, a good marriage, good relations between parents and children, um, and also deliberate parent- parental monitoring of Internet use. Anything you have to contribute to that, like as far what, as what one, can parents do?
2: One thing I, I'd have to say, even if you, uh, alhamdulillah, shukur you don't have any... Um, Pornography addiction in a family. One thing you need to look at is actually your family uh, family history. Addiction tends to run in families. You know, one guy that I've, I was working with, you know, mentioned that his parents divorced because of sexual addiction, and mm. look where he's at right now. He's you know he has pornography addiction mm. himself. You know, a, a, another person mentioned that he had uncles of viewing pornography, so it tends to run in families. So if that's the case, there you're you're dealing with you know if you start this process, you can you know change generations to come as well. And like you said, you know being able to to have that vulnerable place to talk about anything and just let's be let's be frank let's be honest just the reality of of life today most people are going to come across pornography you know young kids are going to come across pornography but it's not the fact that they came across pornography that makes it devastating it's how you react to it you need to be the parent in that situation you need to be ready for, for your children to come with any problems and for you to be able to talk about it.
0: Right. Yeah, and
2: I think Sister Sister Noha, you're the the pro parenting expert, positive parenting expert, so you can talk more about that.
0: I think it's. Uh, I mean, you both touched uh, basically on what needs to be done. It's open communication, yeah, and it's not avoiding the taboo subjects. Um, and and unfortunately, we are living in a culture where we are introduced to these topics earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. So as parents, we should never be afraid or scared of approaching it. Like we we think to ourselves, "Am I the one who's going to introduce it to him?" No, I mean. Yeah, B you, should, you be. should be the one introducing <laughs> right. the topic and making right. him aware that he shouldn't or he need to be careful of links uh, right. on on right. their um, email. Right. I mean, really, I mean because that's I mean, how you we're it saying start. kids are at eleven years old. Yes, are that's getting the, hooked or mm-hmm. getting
1: first exposure. exposure. If you're not talking to your kids about what sex is, why mm-hmm. this is inappropriate, what there is out there, mm-hmm. and they happen to come apro- across it, you they've opened a whole other world by themselves, right. and they're trying mm-hmm. to navigate that and understand that when it, when it's you know something that we as parents need to be addressing
2: and I think that the main thing as well is, is treating your children as, as human beings not human doings that, mm-hmm. that their, their intrin- intrinsic worth is not based on what they accomplish in school the grades that they accomplish in school the how, how good they perform in their sports we, we have such a focus on performance right. that we tend to miss out on the individual behind that as well and that they, that they intrinsically deep down feel that they're valued as a person that, you know, that they can make mistakes and they, they can turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and then to, to the parents to ask for help Right If that can be modeled in your behaviors you you can't be vulnerable in the house and you show you know, you're, you can't be vulnerable in the house and talk about your problems, then you can't expect your children to to do that either
0: right, you need to provide that space a safe space for them to yeah. come to you with anything yeah. anything and also I think we need to make sure that we are not providing opportunities for temptations right. so for me i mean in my book i I believe that children should not have laptops. Seriously, because yeah. laptops can go anywhere in the house, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I strongly believe that children, until you know they're adults and you know they're in college, should have a, a computer in an open space in the house where everyone can watch what's going on.
2: Yeah. And things are evolving, and you have iPod as well. People can use mm. iPod. Um, even music. We remember that we 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 process the world through our visual, through our our, our auditory as well. Even music right now is so sexually provocative in mm-hmm. nature so we have to we have to be, monitor the things that uh, as parents that our children the things that are coming into our home the things that right. our children are coming to and if our children are ac- accessing these things being able to to talk about these things so that we can sort of detoxify mm-hmm. and get it out of our system and we right. need to-
1: I mean, and I'm just thinking, imagine if you had that open conversation with your child if you found out at 10, 12, 14, versus somebody who's been watching pornography from the age of 10 to 25 mm-hmm. or 30 and then getting married. I mean, that tight, long term addiction is so much harder to deal with as well.
2: Yeah, and yes. it's, it's, you know, it starts out, when, let's not wait till 10, let's, right. let's start the communication when they're of even course. younger than that.
0: Yes. So, mashallah, we had a um, great discussion today. Jazakallah khair for coming in. It was very enlightening and uh, very good, uh, informative, mashallah. Anything else?
1: No, but um, I do want to share with our listeners that um, Dr. Jane Nelson is going to be in the Irvine area um, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. She's going to be doing a lecture for uh, parents from 6 till 8, I believe at New Horizon School in Irvine. Um, And, you know, we have been blessed to have her on the show a couple times, and I think, you know, if you really want to hear her in person and hear what she has to say um, to really catch that um, opportunity tomorrow night at 6 p.m., and you can um, email the PTO there that is putting on this um, seminar at newhorizonpto at gmail.com, and that's going to be tomorrow night at 6 p.m.
0: I think if you uh, live locally and you can make it, please make an effort because I mean you will—you're gonna be blown away by this woman. She's an amazing woman. She has a she has a very energetic uh, presence. Um, and then also, uh, I'd like to also mention that uh, we're gonna be starting positive discipline parenting classes in Irvine as well, and that's gonna begin next week on Wednesday, September twenty-nine, and that is a seven-week class. And if you would like to register, just send me an email at my name, nohaalshugayri at gmail.com. And I think that's it for today. Next week's show. So next week's
1: show, we're going to be talking with Muslim women authors. And we have two authors that are coming in, uh, one who's written a book and one who's um, put together a children's magazine. Um, So please do tune in next week at our new time at 5 p.m. And
0: that should be an exciting show yes and we have comments in the chat box for people saying Ziyad keep up the good word from Islam is it in you and Maxima saying Ziyad go (laughs) and uh, so um, it seems like our listeners were enjoying the show Alhamdulillah thank you for joining us if you have any
2: questions and if you're dealing with pornography addiction come to my website uh, emancipate.com I M A N C I P A T E, and you'll get free videos free articles inshallah and notifications about any future programs
0: Jazakumullah khair for uh, tuning in. Uh, this is Noha Al And this is Munira Izzadine. And remember, a strong family for a strong community. Be there, connect, encourage, and love. Assalamu alaikum.